The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Vespero ACB community event. So great to be here with you today. I am Liz Whitaker, and we also have with us Ryan Jones. So, Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Hi, thanks, Liz. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. I'm Ryan Jones. Uh, as most or all of you probably know by now, Eric Damry has retired after many, many years of service to uh, leading the team, working on JAWS, ZoomText, Fusion, other blindness software. Um, Eric retired at the end of July, and and I have taken over as the vice president of software at Vespero. Uh, I've been with Vespero for for quite a number of years, so this is it's certainly not a new company to me. I did some of you might have listened to some of the webinars that I did. I taught training uh, for JAWS, ZoomText, other products for for quite a long time. Did hundreds of webinars throughout the, um, you know, 2000, between 2005 and 2016 kind of time frame, and uh, have been working in the consulting area for the last few years over on the, the consulting side of our business with TPGI. And, and then now I'm back over here with the software group leading our great team that includes Liz, our training department, our documentation, our tech support, and all of our software engineering. So, uh, Liz was gracious enough to let me sit in, and I can't take the training hat off for too long. I still like to get out here and and talk about things and and meet our our folks that use our products. And, and many of you, I think, I've probably know your names that have met over the years. Um, I'm a Jaws user myself. Uh, I'm I have just a little bit of vision, light perception, and that's about it. So I've been using Jaws for about 20 years. I was low vision before that, so I use screen magnification. So you know, this is certainly my not only my profession working with this technology, but also my personal life as well. So thanks, Liz, for letting me, uh, I guess, virtually not photobomb. I don't know what the other word for this would be, <laughs> but thanks for letting me hang out with you today. No, we're so glad you're here and glad that you still want to wear that training hat. So that is, you can never have too many trainers, right? That's right. That's for sure. All right, so today we're going to be talking about a JAWS feature called Speech History. Before we do that, I just want to go over a couple of things to let you guys know about our new September schedule that has been posted on the blog at blog.freedomscientific.com. It's also going to be posted on our training page at freedomscientific.com forward slash training. And this is something that we have started doing. We started doing this a few months ago where we post our schedule Usually at the end of the previous month, we'll post a schedule for, you know, in, in this case, it's September. And we like to do that because it gives you an opportunity to see what's coming up, figure out which training events you want to attend, or if you can't attend a certain event to ask questions and figure out where that's going to be archived because our events are all archived in some fashion. So if you have any questions about our training events, let us know. And of course, as always, if you need help registering for something, we are happy to help you out with that as well. You can always send an email to training at vispero.com. All right, let's delve into speech history. If 
I don't know if you guys have used this feature or not. It's one that I think is extremely powerful. There's so much you can do with it, but it may be one that we haven't talked about quite enough. So I wanted to come here today and just go over it. We're going to talk a little bit about what it is, how you can use it, and then finally we're going to demonstrate it. And we may also talk about a couple of other kind of related things as well. So the speech history, and Ryan, feel free to uh, uh, input anywhere here where you w wish to explain anything yeah, here. Yeah, uh, glad to. This is one I love as well, so I was yeah. excited for this topic. So speech history, how, how long has this one been around? Do you know, it's, it's been a I'm thinking it, it's been a good while. You know, it's funny. Some of the ideas in, that lead to features in our products, sometimes they come from users. Sometimes they come from our own team. And it, I, this is one that, if I recall, one of our engineers, uh, that's a blind software engineer that works on JAWS, he basically wrote this feature for himself because he thought it was useful for him. And then... I think he told some other folks about it or somebody else on our on the team tried it out and they're like, man, we should add this to the product. And and so we we did. And so it, it's been very popular. So you know, it's not always that, you know, we're sometimes it, in, inventions are created by necessity that people are trying to solve a problem. So this is a good example of that. I think it got updated when we started beta testing. It was maybe 50 to 100 words, something like that. And within the last year, it got to 500. And I yeah, love it. it I love it. Sure. It's terrific. Yes. Yeah, and I can see definitely where a developer could really use this feature. So, uh, and and so could any of us, just because we use so many applications every day. And I don't know if you guys do this. I know I do. I, I'm guilty of this. I'll be hyper focused on performing a task or you know doing something, and Jaws will start speaking, maybe a notification or or something else that I feel like I don't need to hear at that moment. But then I want to go back and I think, oh, wait, what did JAWS say? So speech history allows you to bring up the speech output from JAWS, the last, we just said, what, 500? It's about the last 500 things that JAWS said, yeah. Like maybe phrases. Phrases, yeah, sentences. Yeah, it's not like, maybe not words, but it's like the last 500 pieces of text. And that piece of text could be a word, it could be 10 words. It's a lot. Right. And it's great because you can bring it up in the, the virtual viewer and you can read that information using your arrow keys, just like you would a document. You can review it. Um, and, and the great thing is, even if you have pressed control and you know made Jaws stop talking and then you think, oh, wait, what did that say? You can bring that up and that information is all going to be there. Even though you pressed control, that piece of information is going to be there in the viewer. So you can read it with your arrow keys. You can review it. You can even copy and paste it. And I, I can, that, that's come in really handy for me. Oftentimes, you know, if there's an error message or so, something that you're getting that you want to send to somebody and say, hey, have you seen this before? When I do this, this is what Joss says. You could copy and paste that information and, you know, email it, paste it in a document, wherever you would like to put that. So... There are a lot of ways to use speech history, and I, I think it's helpful just to go over a few of those first before we demonstrate how it works and where you can find that information. Ryan, what are some of the ways that you like to use speech history? Um, I, one of the probably the most common ways I use it is I do a lot of email messages in Outlook, and when you're when you open an email and you want to listen to who the message is from or who it's to. 
if if you don't know, this is a great other tip. So you can press in an Outlook message. If you have the message open, you can press Alt and the number one, two, three, four, or five on your main keyboard, not the numbers pad, but on your main keyboard. And Alt and any of those numbers will read different headers. So for example, if you have an open message, Alt three will speak who that message, who's in the two box, the two field of that message. Alt one will speak who's in the from field. Alt two, I believe is the date. Alt four is the CC list and Alt five is subject. But when you hear someone's name or it reads their email address, sometimes if you want to see how that's all spelled out or uh, hear how someone's name is spelled, if you're not using Braille, speech history is a good way to do it. So I do that quite often where I might press Alt-3 to hear the list of people in the two box. And I want to say, I want to email this one particular person and let me see what their email address is. Speech history will bring that up and then I can arrow through it. Because that the commands I mentioned, Alt-1, 2, 3, so on, they don't move your cursor. Your cursor really can't move around letter by letter inside of the two box in, in an Outlook message or the from field. But you can get at it with speech history. So that's probably the most common thing that I use it for. Yeah, that's a great use for it. And, and you know, I've used it too. For example, the other day in Word, I was trying to find, I was trying to figure out what a keyboard command was, and I was just kind of playing around using different commands, which I probably shouldn't do, but you know, I did, and something changed, and I wasn't exactly sure what changed, and I wanted to go back and see, even though it wasn't going to read me, for example, if you press, uh, if you're in Word and you press Control T, when you go in your speech history, it's not gonna. You're not gonna see that control T. You're not gonna see the keystroke, but you will see the result of that keystroke. You will. You will hear what happened after that. What Jaws spoke after that. So that's that's just an example. That wasn't the one I used, but I was able to go back and kind of review that information, and from there I was able to figure out what I had turned on, and then from there it was a matter of figuring out how to turn it off. So I think it serves as a really great troubleshooting tool as well. And another way that I've used it in the past too is when we record videos where, or, or even audio, you know, where we need a transcription of that and we need to transcribe what JAWS spoke when a certain, you know, keyboard command was pressed or when something happened we can go back in and we could get the exact messages that JAWS spoke for that transcript and for that information for that video. So, you know, again, there's so so many different ways to use speech history. And I think if, if it's a feature that you haven't used and you start using it, I think that you'll find various places where it can really come in handy. All right, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here and... I want you guys to be able to hear Jaws, so we're gonna. You have started screen share. Zoom Outlook plug. All right, let's Media see. document four dash compatibility mode. All right, um, can you guys hear that? Okay. Yes. yes. Sounds good. Okay, great. All right, and Larry, if you have any ways that you use speech history, feel free to share those with us as well. We'd like to hear. I never thought about troubleshooting, but it's a natural thing to do. But I use it, as Ryan does, for Outlook because I hate the fact that I can't get full extension in terms of looking at somebody's email address, especially when I need it for something else and it just gives me the name. Right. I, I think that's counterproductive, but I understand why it's being done. 
So I use that all the time, and I for, and I usually just put it in Notepad. I'll take it and paste it in Notepad. But actually, putting it in using it from uh, speech history is just as good. You know, and that's a really great point because let's say you had a long list of just names and you, you needed to email all of those people back and you needed their email addresses to create separate emails, you know, then you could get that information out of speech history, paste it in a document or anywhere where you needed it, and then, you know, you'd have those separate email addresses. I used it when I put my Christmas list together last year. Oh, there you go. Oh, am I on your Christmas list? Yes, you are, and here? so is Elizabeth, okay, and I'm not going <laughs> to say good. anything other than that. <laughs> Otherwise, I get in trouble before I start. We were just talking about Christmas is coming. So, yeah. You know, in a few yep. months. So that's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And another great way, I think, to use another another place that I just thought of, too, is Excel. You know, if you want to review formulas and things like that and you want that information, you can go into speech history and uh, look at that there as well. All right. Well, a couple of things here. The first thing I want to show you now, by default, speech history is turned on, but there may be some sometimes, for example, if you work for a certain organization, they may not want you to have that information on. Uh, that may need to be turned off. So I want to show you how to go into the settings center and turn it off if you need to, and then if you turn it off, how to turn it back on when you need to. And so I'm here in a Word document just because we're going to use this Word document in a minute. But we're going to go into settings center by pressing insert six on the number row so word dash jaws setting center dialogue now because i'm in word it came up and it said word jaws setting center so it's set for this particular application speech history is one of those things that you can only change the setting for if you have it set to default settings here in the setting center so if we were to search for this feature right now in Settings Center, when we found it, we would get a message that would tell us that we have to change it for the default settings. To keep from having to do that, I'm just going to go ahead and change to default settings by pressing Control-Shift-D, Delta. JAWS Settings Center dash default left parent all applications right parent. All right, so now it's set for default, and anything that we do here is going to apply to all applications. And the reason we had to do that again is just because we can't change the speech history setting for a specific application. It's it's all applications. All right, so by default here, we are put in an edit box, and I can verify that with insert tab. Search box edit. We have a search box. So I'm just going to type the words speech history. S-P-E-C-C-H space A-I-S-E-O-R-Y search box edit speech history speech verbosity one of two search results. All right. So it said we have two search results here. It said one of two. It's on the first, which is speech verbosity. That's not what we need. So I'm going to go ahead and press down arrow and get to these results. Two search results list box speech verbosity. All right. That's the first one. That's not what we were looking for. So down arrow again. Enable speech history checked, speech verbosity. All right, so we heard enable speech history checked. So by default, this is checked. If you want to turn it off, you can space to uncheck it. Space not checked. And if you wanted to turn it back on, you can space to check it. Space checked. Now, something else I will show you here about the settings center and when you're tabbing through here, because this is a dialogue. So we are on the feature for speech, the setting for speech history. So if I press the tab key, we're going to get some information about this feature. And we can read that information 
with our arrow keys. So I'm going to tab. Read only edit. If this checkbox is selected, JAWS will retain a history of the last 50 items spoken by the speech synthesizer in order to review in the event you need to. And so there's just some information there that we can read with our arrow keys. We can up and down, you know, arrow and read that information. So it just it explains what the feature is. It tells you the commands, the commands for using it, which we're going to get to here in just a second. So it tells you a little bit about the feature. Uh, now I'm going to tab again. OK button. And we have an OK button. If we had actually made a change, like if I had unchecked this and intended to turn it off, we would have an apply button. But we have an OK button. So I'm just going to press the space bar here. Space document 4-compatibility mode-word edit. All right. So now we're back in the Word document. Now that's not something, again, that's, this isn't something you're going to need to do unless you want to turn it off because it is on by default. But I just wanted to start out by showing you where to go if you needed to do that. All right, so I'm here in Word and let's just go ahead and launch speech history. Now, this is a layered command. For those of you who may not be familiar with layered commands, these are commands that we can execute by entering the command layer with insert space and then we can use letters for certain features. And, and in this instance, it's going to be the letter H. So I'm going to press insert space. space. So you heard that little click noise that indicates we are in the command layer. We're going to press H as in hotel. Speech history. All right. And now we're in speech history. And we're here in the virtual viewer. We can just use our arrow keys to navigate around here. So the most recent information that JAWS has spoken will be at the bottom. So I like to, it's probably placed me there anyway. Edit. Edit. And actually it has. But you can navigate to the top, for example. You can use those navigation commands that you're used to using in Word or any other word processor. For example, Control Home to go to the top, Control End to go to the bottom. So I'm at the bottom, and I'm just going to up arrow once here. Document 4-compatibility mode-word. Edit. And I down arrow. So when we exited the settings center, it said that text right there. It told us that we were in document 4, compatibility mode. Uh, edit. You know, it read that information right there. So if I keep up arrowing here. Document 4-activate press space bar. OK button. There's our OK button. You if this checkbox is selected, JAWS will retain a history of the last 50 items spoken by the speech synthesizer in order to review in the event you need to. And uh, there was the information that we read in that uh, edit box. That was a read-only edit box, which just means that we can't write in it, we can't type anything in it, but we can read the information with our arrow keys. So if I were to go to the top with Control Home, it's going to take me to the top of the, the speech history. It's going to take me to it's like back to the future you're going back in time i right? know Charles right? has said and, and it's actually real text right it's not just like you're arrowing through and hearing it it's if you were looking at the screen it's real text on the screen somebody visually could see it or, or you could arrow through it right and that's true so if i wanted i can go back down here at the, to the bottom Edit. And if for whatever reason I wanted to select this text document 4 compatibility mode dash word i could just hold down shift and press down arrow. Selected. Document 4-compatibility mode-word. Selected. Edit. And it selected that, and I could copy and paste it. Now, 
you know, that wouldn't be something I would probably copy and paste. But if, again, if it were those email addresses that you guys were talking about in Outlook or, you know, an error message or something like that, you can copy and paste it. You can, uh, you know, paste it in a Word document, an email, or anywhere else. All right, so when you're in this viewer, you, uh, you can press Escape to exit, and you're going to go back to wherever you were before, which is going to be the, the Word document. Escape video provides a... And what it started doing there is it started reading the first line of the document. What I have here is a document where I just randomly generated some text. Um, fun little trick if you're ever in a document and you just need some text really quickly. Um, here, here's your bonus for today. You can type the equal sign, R-A-N-D, as in random, and then the left and right parentheses and hit enter. And you got some random text. It's going to be the same text every time, but it's going to be about video. So... All right, so that is how we can access the speech history. It's insert space followed by the letter H. Now, we can copy the speech history to our clipboard all at once with a keyboard command. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, right? I believe that one's insert space control H. That's right, yep. Okay, I get that one in the uh, delete uh Confused. They all have to do with H, at least. They do. All for a history. They do. So if I wanted to copy that entire speech history to my clipboard very quickly, I can press insert space. Space. And then I can press control H, hotel. Copy speech history to clipboard. All right. Now, it doesn't put me in the speech history. It keeps me in my document here. Video provides a power. And that's the top of my document. So now if I go down to the end of this document with control end. Bottom of file. Enter. I'll give a couple blank lines here. Enter. Now I could paste that information with control V, Victor. Paste it from clipboard, page 18. And there was a lot of information there because now we have 18 pages. So if I up arrow. Document 4-compatibility mode-word. And we have that text that we just read. Edit. All right, so that's how you can copy the entire speech history. Now, if you're going to be doing something where you think that you might want to copy that entire spe speech history, if you need to replicate something and send, you know, send that information to someone, a good thing to do before you start replicating that or whatever it is that you're doing is to delete your speech history. And to do that, you're going to use insert space shift H. So again, it's another H command. So insert space, space, shift H. Speech history cleared. All right, and it clears your speech history. And if we wanted to make sure that our speech history was cleared, we can just press insert space H and go back into the speech history. Space. Speech history blank. And it said blank. And now if I up and down arrow here, blank, blank, blank. We have nothing. So it just wipes it out, right? It makes it just start over and yes. anything you do from now on will start going back in the start of like 500 that'll start over again, right? Right, exactly. What if, what if you don't delete it, but you've reached your maximum? It just keeps on Starts rolling. Over. So let's so, say after the 501st thing, mm -hmm. then the very first thing goes away. And when you I get see. to the it next thing off. and it's 502, then the second thing drops off. So it just keeps... <laughs> rolling it out from the from the very back of it yeah as you continue to add things to it i've had more things to do with my time than check to see if one rolled off <laughs> <laughs> right. well, that's our job is to make yeah. sure it works right. <laughs> 
Well, and like with that Christmas list, you know, you're talking about, Larry, if you wanted to just have some email addresses and, you know, have them in your speech history and copy that, you know, it, that's a great uh, example it of, is. you know, clear your speech history and then start. Yeah, because usually you, I put them in, in notepad things and I could actually even keep them in a spreadsheet as well. So they, that yeah. still works, but speech history is a good idea. I'll tell you one way that I've done this in the past is sometimes I've had to go um, document things on a web page for people. And I said, I want to, I want to let someone know exactly how Jaws is reading this page because it's probably maybe something's not working right. Or they didn't code the page very accessibly. So I want to help them understand here's, this is what I'm actually hearing. And so I would clear the history and then, or I would first move to wherever I want to start reading from the page I would clear the history so it's blank, and then I would maybe press the down arrow or the tab key to move through the different things I wanted them to hear. And then I would press that command that Liz mentioned, insert space, followed by control H, to copy everything that it had just said to the clipboard and then go paste it in an email or whatever to the people that I wanted to hear it. So by clearing it first meant it was only going to capture the things that I wanted it to capture and not I didn't have to go sift through all the other things that had said earlier to find exactly what I was looking for them to to be able to hear. So clearing it can be really nice when you've got a maybe more than just one or two things you want to copy and you've got a nice big list of things you want to copy. And um, you then you can do it much quicker than if you have to sift through or find the beginning of the text that you wanted. And that's a great point because with speech history, you can be in any app and bring that up. You don't have to like, you know, switch over to another app and then switch back and you're not going to have extra things in your speech history that you wouldn't want in there. You can just clear that speech history and you're right there in your app and you can start or, you know, on your web page or whatever and you can start navigating. But I assume speech history is exclusive to the version of JAWS you have on. Because I'm a beta tester, I have several versions and I use things like for audio, radio editing, but I have different JAWS and so I assume maybe incorrectly, that the speech history is only going to be specific to the version that's on the computer that's being used at the moment. Correct, yeah. Okay. And if you shut JAWS down and you start it back, it's going to be empty. It's not going to remember from the last time you opened JAWS what that, was there. Yeah, makes sense. And that does, that makes sense too. And, and that's yeah. that'd be a terrible security uh, thing <laughs> if we let it do that. So it has to start from scratch every time. So, in other words, at the end of the day, if you shut your computer down or you log off and JAWS has to restart the next day, you know, when you come back to your computer, it's going to start all over again. Yep, start from from scratch. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. All right, well, now that we've given you commands, let me escape out of this because I'm still in the blank speech history. Escape, edit, edit, page. Now that we've given you several commands here, I want to show you a way to find it. So let's say you, you think, well, I want to use speech history, but I don't remember the commands. And that's okay because there are a lot of commands here in JAWS, as we all know. You can use command search. JAWS command search is a great feature that allows you to literally search for a command. You can type in what it is you want to do, and if there's a command associated with that, a JAWS command, you will get that information. It's like that's Google another, for JAWS commands, right? It is. It is. It, it definitely, and you know what? That's true because it gives you the most relevant results mm -hmm. first. So, all right, and that's another layered command. You press insert space, space. followed by J, Juliet. 
Search for JAWS commands dialog. Search for colon edit. Search for colon edit forms mode. And so what we are presented with here is a search box, and I can type speech history. S-N-E-E-C-A-S-A-I-S-E-O-R-Y. And if I press the tab key, it's going to move me off this edit field. Clear speech history. Insert plus space. Shift plus H heading level three. Li- and it's going to read the first command. Now, the way these are configured, I'm going to press up arrow. Edit speech history. And um, we're on the edit field, but forms mode is off. So the way these are configured is they are configured under headings. So if you press the letter H, you can navigate through the commands. You'll also hear link. So if I press H. Clear speech history. Insert plus space. Shift plus H heading level three link. What that also means is because that's a link, if I wanted my speech history is cleared, but let's say it wasn't, if I wanted to clear speech history, I would now have that keyboard command, but I could also press enter space right there and it would clear it. Now, if I want to know a little more about this, I can down arrow. Clear the speech history buffer so that the speech history output will show as empty immediately after the buffer is cleared. And then I down arrow again. Link JAWS key plus space, shift plus H. Okay, so what that did is it gave me the command for the next, or no, it didn't. Clear heading level three link, clear speech history, insert plus space, shift plus H. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, It gives you the command. You can up and down arrow through this information. Now, if I press H again, let's say that's not the command I wanted. I want to know how to get to speech history. Show speech history, insert plus space, H heading level three link. And if that was the one I wanted, I would now know the command. I could down arrow. Shows the most recent speech output in the results viewer. Link JAWS key plus space, H. And there there again, it tells you JAWS key uh, plus space, which is usually your insert key. But if you're using, uh, you know, you may have a different JAWS key assigned there. But it's insert space and then H. And you could just keep pressing H here. Copy speech history to clipboard. Insert plus space. Control plus H heading level three link. And it just gives you all three of those commands, and those are the commands associated with speech history. And then if, if I press H again, I'm going to get into something that's not related to speech history. Speech on demand toggle. And- but again, it has to do with speech. So, you know, it gives you the most relevant results first and goes down from there. And then when you're finished, you can press escape. Escape, page 18. And you're back wherever you left off, which is in my Word document. And the, the reason I mentioned it's kind of like Google for JAWS commands is because you don't have to remember the exact name of the feature. So if you think, if you're trying to remember speech history, history and you can't remember, was it audio history? Was it, what was it? If you go to the JAWS command search and you just type in the word history, then it's going to show you all the different JAWS commands that are related to the word history. Now, coincidentally, the top ones are speech history. There will be other commands that are related to that word history. If you type in the word speech, you'll find it. You may find a bunch of other things, too, that other JAWS commands related to the word speech. But you don't have to remember an exact phrase to type in there. You can just type a keyword, and then you'll... You, you may not find it first, but just like with Google, you will eventually find what, what you're looking for. It's also a great way to see if there is a command for something. You know, you can just go in there and type type those those phrases or those words and, and learn all kinds of new commands. That's right. All right. Do we have any questions about speech history before we talk about anything else? Sorry about that. Has anyone used speech history yeah. and want to share a way that you like to use it as well? 
or a way that you might think of that you could use it. All right, we do have a raised hand. Oh, great. Actually, two raised hands. So, Deborah, if my computer will cooperate here. There we go. Now you will be allowed to talk. Are you able to hear me? Yes. Hi, Deborah. Okay, excellent. So, um, speech history also works great with Braille. I'm slightly hard of hearing, and I have a noisy office, so I can uh, look at the words in Braille and, and determine what it said, especially if there was a lot of loud noise when Jaw said something important. Um, but I also wonder how well it works if you are a magnification user. Uh, if you use a fusion and you depend on speech, but every once in a while you didn't catch it, uh, is it possible to magnify that speech history and, and view what it said? It is. If you have magnification turned on, if you're using Fusion, then yes, that history will be magnified just like any other application that you're using. All right. Thank you so much. Because it's an actual, it's a, just a full text window. So almost think of it like a notepad window there. So anything from magnification, changing your color combinations, all those things would, would work if you're using Zoom text as well. So that's a real good tip for someone who's getting used to having less vision and and understanding the speech that yeah, that's Thank exactly you. right. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Back on mute. Thank you. All right. Next, we have area code 828 ending in 772. You may talk. Hi, this is Karen. And I just learned about the history recently on the main JAWS group bio list. And I was working on something and a notification popped up. And I didn't catch it, and I tried it. It actually worked really, really well. Um, the, I do have a question, though. You mentioned the insert keys, and you mentioned the JAWS key. I have a Focus fifth generation, and there's an insert in JAWS key. What's the difference between those two keys, and are they different on the keyboard like they are on the Focus? So I'll just speak to the 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 terminology that we use, we say the word JAWS key a lot because the JAWS key could be the insert key or it could be the caps lock key. So if you're using JAWS in laptop mode, then the caps lock key acts like the insert key because some laptop keyboards, they don't have an insert key. So if you're, if you have JAWS set to laptop mode, when we say JAWS key, that would mean for you, you'd press caps lock with that command. Or if you do ha have an insert key on the on a laptop, then you could press the insert key too. If you're just running JAWS in desktop mode with a regular desktop keyboard, then it would be the insert key. And like you said, you're running with a focus, so you have a different command that you're pressing with the focus to act as the JAWS key. So that's why we use that more generic phrase, JAWS key, instead of just saying insert, because for some people, it may not be insert. It may be caps lock. Or if we just say caps lock, then it wouldn't make sense to someone in desktop mode and they're used to using the insert. So that's why we, we kind of use the more generic term JAWS key. Okay. So they're basically interchangeable. Exactly. We yes. all talk about it. That's right. That's good. It's going to be confused because I have a laptop, but I have the, well, I'm using the insert on the keypad. That's right. Yep. So you may have a laptop that has a, that has a keypad and a numbers yeah, keypad and you could still have jaws in laptop mode and either use the caps lock or the number the, the zero key on your 
keypad. So it doesn't matter either one. If you have JAWS okay. and laptop mode, you can press either one of them and it does the same thing. So that's, again, why we use the more generic term in most cases and say JAWS key. Oh, I and if, try that. Thank you. If you do have the, if you do have laptop layout selected uh, and you are using the caps lock key, which I, I happen to have also have a laptop that has an insert key as well, but I do have laptop layout selected because there's some keyboard commands that I really like where it's just easier to use the caps lock key. Uh, for example, JAWS key shift and the letter B for battery, they'll tell you your battery status and uh, your network status and things like that. And because those keys are right there, but if you do want to use caps lock as caps lock, you can press press it twice quickly and it'll turn caps lock on and then you do that again and turn caps lock off. Right. I got that one figured out. I didn't know that the caps key, just regular, acted like insert. I'll give that a try. Yeah. Assuming you're in, you have JAWS set to laptop I, layout. I do. Yeah, I do. So I do. Have, I do. I do. I'll tell you another good tip that I use because I have a laptop, but it does have an insert key and I actually have a, a little USB numbers pad. So I've got actually got access to two insert keys and a caps lock. I have JAWS set to laptop mode because when I do, I press insert T a lot to validate which program I'm in. And mm -hmm. for me, I, it's faster for me to use my left pinky, hold down the caps lock key and press T with my left index finger rather than moving my right hand over to find the insert key. I just press caps lock T, which reads me the title. I don't have to move my hands near as much. So as Liz was saying, there's a lot of commands that are actually much more efficient if you use the caps lock key rather than the true insert key, even if you have a true insert key. So that's why a lot of us set JAWS to laptop mode, even if we do have access to an insert key via a keypad or something like that. Oh, I meant to look into those. I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, You're if welcome. you need a list of commands or you need to know where to find those, let us know and send an email oh, to yes, training. Oh, yes, that would be great. Yeah, send us an email, training at vispero.com. That's V-I-S-P-E-R-O, training at vispero.com. V as in Victor? Uh-huh. V as okay. in Victor, um, I-S as in Sam, P as in Papa, E-R-O. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, next we have Chanel Allen. You may talk. Hello. Hi. I actually have a question. I don't know if you're entertaining other questions at this point. Sure. Um, but about JAWS selection, particularly when I am in an Outlook message that I wish to copy to Word, and JAWS seems to continuously, even though I change it in quick settings, the virtual, it's set to select text using virtual cursor, and I want it to be on screen uh, presentation or layout, whatever that option is worded as, because I want to be able to have the format, but do some things with the email and Word, you know, take out some stuff, rearrange some stuff, whatever. But I want some of the original formatting preserved. But JAWS, for some reason, defaults to the um, select from virtual cursor. And I'm wondering why in the heck that is. <laughs> I never had that problem on my other computer. Um, but this is a, a new um, Lenovo computer I have. And I don't think that really should make a difference. But um, there it is. So let me repeat back what I make sure. So, so you're changing the setting where it says select and you either have virtual cursor 
or full content using on-screen highlights? Yeah, and it should. It even tells me in the JAWS settings that the default is full content using on-screen highlight, but That's mine right. was never set that way for some weird reason, and I always have to set it that way whenever I want to select text and preserve the actual format. <laughs> so yours keeps going back to yeah. from virtual cursor, it sounds it like. It does, yep. Yeah. So I didn't know if there was, I noticed something weird, you know, about performance features in Office, but I don't know if that has to do with it. And I've unchecked or whatever that, that box. Um, so I, I don't know. There's a, feat, a setting called enable or disable, whatever performance. There's some things in Excel that are oh, related Oh, that's to Excel. That. Yeah, okay, that's an not Excel just setting. in Office in general. That's right. Because, yeah, yeah, I had some problems with defining names and columns and stuff in Excel, but I that's think right. I, got, that's I dealt why that's with that. There. So, yep. okay. Yep. Okay, well, this may be a weird tech issue then. I don't know. Yeah, I would say if you keep having issues and it keeps changing back, um, call our technical support and walk them through it. They may want to use Tandem and check a couple of settings or something to see why it might be reverting back for do you. you. Think, do you think she could go, would it work if she went into setting center and changed it globally? I tried. You did? I, I looked to see if there was a setting. There isn't a setting like that in settings, or not that I've found. I I, I could try to go look yeah, I can't remember, carefully. But but that doesn't it's seem probably going to be in the web part because yeah. it only applies okay. for web. So Right. You'd think there should be a setting in settings, right. but I've tried typing select. I've tried even going through the virtual cursor options. I Maybe it's buried. Maybe I, I just need to keep plugging away at it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just looked in setting center. It's not, I don't see, I think it is one of those. So there's a few settings that are only going to be found in quick settings, at least easily anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and that looks like that's one of them. All right, then if we are done with Chanel, our next person is Dorlan. Okay, cool. Hi, thank you for Hi. a great presentation. I, I use speech history all the time. I love it. And I didn't know that I could clear it or copy it all at once. Um, but one of the ways I really like to use it that I didn't hear you guys talk about was grabbing links that are shared in the chat in Zoom. Um, it's something that doesn't happen, I think, a lot on the ACB community, but other meetings I'm part of. People share links all the time, and I have in the past had not been able to grab them just by clicking on them, but I can open my speech history and copy and paste the link from there and go over to my browser. So that's my I think you think you read my mind because I was thinking about Zoom a minute ago too. That when when a chat message and I, it seems like the chat may be disabled in these meetings, but if if the chat's available, public chat in a Zoom meeting, when someone says something, it, Jaws will often read it, but it doesn't show up as a traditional notification that our notification manager might catch. So speech history is another great way to quickly go back and reread what was said or like the links you mentioned. I've used it similarly in Teams when someone sends a link to me in Teams. If I want to go copy the text of that link to put it in an email or somewhere, 
I would use speech history quite often to do that. I just thought of another one, and I have not done this because I'm thinking of it as you just spoke. Oftentimes in Outlook, Office 365, somebody will send a link and I'll click on it and it'll say subject. It, it stays in the actual email message. Right. I've had but that if, happen. Yeah, me too. I hate it. But I was thinking if you go in a little further with the cursor to the link and then use speech history, it might pop into speech history and then allow you to drop it wherever in your browser or at least activate it that's right uh, and yeah. one note on that the kind of the way it works so we, we all know as jaws users if you press the control key you're going to stop jaws from speaking at that moment even if it was about to say five more things for example uh with with speech history it will capture those things that jaws would have said even if you press the control key quickly to stop it because though that text was already loaded up and jaws was going to speak it but you told it not to that stuff will still show up in speech history so that's partly why liz you mentioned earlier about if there's a message like an error or something and you you cut it off maybe you were pressing something and something else happened and it kind of cut off what it was saying speech history is a way to go back and catch all of what it was going to say because jaws actually is going to put it there because it was going to speak it until you press something that made it cut off so it does store it in speech history which is a good thing because, you know, when talking about Zoom and Teams, you know, if you're in a meeting and you're listening to what's going on in that meeting and someone happens to drop that link, uh, you know, either in the Teams or the Zoom chat or in Teams or whatever, you can go in and, and get that. And you don't have to worry about having to pay attention to the meeting and the, the speech at the same time. You can go back and get that link. You don't even have to go into chat, right? You just go into speech no. history and there it is, which is really Correct. cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so our final hand for the moment is Deborah Armstrong again. Um, hi, I think I may have a solution to Chanel's problem. Um, the, um, the problem is whatever your default web browser is, and I don't know that Outlook always uses that. So you need to go into quick settings for each of your browsers and check both the personal and the, um, oh, I don't know, just the global for that web. Uh, because I have I have uh, Firefox, um, Chrome, and uh, Edge, and I had to turn it off or on for all of them to get it to default in Outlook or uh, some other web HTML-based program. And if you go into this quick settings, the word you're searching for is copy. If you search for the word select, you can't find it for some reason, but even though it's called select and copy, so you have to search for the word copy. And so it's six different times if you have Edge, Firefox, and Chrome that you have to actually set it to on-screen highlight. And I will go back on mute. Oh, thanks for yep. the great tip there. Definitely something to try. Thank you, Debbie. Yes. All right. All right. We currently have no raised hands at this time. Okay. Well, if we get any more hands, let us know. For the time being, we're going to talk about a couple of other things that are not kind of like speech history in the sense that they allow you to review things that JAWS may speak that you want to actually read or copy or, you know, paste or something like that. And that is virtualized control and virtualized window. So virtualized control, and I'm going to demonstrate this to show you how this works. I'm here in Word. And I want to bring up the dialogue here for word count. Maybe I need to know how many words are in this document. And there's a lot of information that comes up 
uh, when you bring up word count. And I'm going to go ahead and do that now with Control Shift G Golf. Control Shift G Word Count Dialog Statistics colon Pages 18 Words 2,399 Characters Left Parent No Spaces Right Parent 13,700 And it's just going to keep reading, you know, how many characters with spaces, without spaces, how many paragraphs. So, you know, if, if, I, if all I'm looking for is words and I kind of hone in on that and listen to that, then, you know, great. Okay, I know how many words. But... There's lots of information there, and you might want to read that information one word at a time or one line at a time. And in this dialog, because there are different controls in this dialog, if I use my arrow keys, it's going to navigate me between those two options here, which are... Include text boxes, footnotes, and endnotes, checkbox, checked, alt plus F. That's one. Close button. And that's the other. So using the arrow keys is not going... that That's not going to read that information to me. One of the best ways to get that information is to virtualize this control and you can do that by pressing JAWS key shift V as in Victor. Virtualizing current control word count. And again it brings it up here in a window or a dial or well, actually it's in a viewer in a window so that I can now review this information with my arrow key. So if I'm at the top I can hit up arrow here. Word count. And if I down arrow, let's say I want to know how many pages are in this are in this document, so I can down arrow. Statistics colon pages eighteen. And there we go. So that tells me eighteen pages. Words two thousand three hundred ninety nine. That's how many words. So I could just continue pressing down arrow to get this information, and I wouldn't have to worry about you know missing something important or having to catch it all as Jaws read it all at one time. And of course, I could copy and paste this information. And when I'm done, I can press escape. Escape, close button. And that puts me back here in the word count dialog. So if I want to get out of that, I have to press escape again. Escape, edit. And this works really well. This, you know, this works on different controls. Uh, this works, you can use this in Teams, for example. I like to use it if I'm in a, if I'm on a message and there's information on that message I need, for example, maybe a link or something. I want to copy and paste. I can virtualize that. And again, that command is the JAWS key shift and V as in Victor. All right, and the other one is virtualize window. So we're going to do this using the about JAWS dialog that's in the help menu. And this is going to give us an overall view, so to speak, of that window. We can read all that information in that dialog at one time. So I'm going to go ahead and press insert J to get over here to my context menu. I have JAWS running from the system tray. JAWS context menu. Now if you don't have JAWS running from the system tray, it's just going to bring you to that JAWS window and you can press Alt H for help. Or if you do have it running from system tray, you can press H for help. H, command search insert. And I'm going to press A for about. A, leaving menus about JAWS dialog. So this is where you're going to go if you want information like your serial number. And there's there's several pieces of information here that you know you might need when you're uh, you know installing JAWS or authorizing JAWS or navigating or you know there just might be different times when you need this information. And you can press Tab to move to the different areas here, the different fields. Lock and code colon read only edit manage license on portal. You know, and you can just keep pressing tab display device colon and get that information or 
if you just want to be able to read it all at one time or copy and paste it, maybe you need to you know put that in a document somewhere. You can press Alt, Jaws key, and W. Virtualizing current window. And so now it brings it up once again in a viewer where I can review that information. About Jaws. Jaws OK job X version 2001 errors. Serial number file lock and code colon license colon. And I could just down arrow in all those different pieces of information. The serial number, the version, the locking code, the authorization, all that stuff is right there. And again, you know, I could just select it, copy it, paste it, and put it where I need it needed to go. And when I'm finished, I press escape. Escape. And escape again to get out of uh, press escape again to get out of the about uh, window. And you know again that command search that we talked about earlier. If you wanted to, you know, get some information about virtualize. If you wanted to find out, you know, what what are those commands? You can press insert space followed by the letter J, and then in that search box, just type virtualize, and you'll get those commands. And this is one, the virtualizing the windows, when I use in dialog boxes sometimes, because I, I, especially if I need to copy down the information to put it in an email to someone or to, to make note of it in some way, or even just to go back and read it slower or spell something out, because there's plenty of JAWS commands we could press to speak the information. But again, if we're not a Braille user, then you might want to spell it uh, to get the spelling of things or just read it word by word. And so virtualizing, it puts it in raw text on the screen that you can read word by word or letter by letter. And so it, it's, it's, it's a feature. We're coming up on the five minute mark, we have about six or seven minutes left. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. It gives you virtualizing that window gives you a real overview, especially of a dialogue. If you just wanted to see what that dialogue looked like, you know what? What's in this dialogue? What do I need to know? Whether you're just listening to Jaws or you're you're using Braille, like Deborah pointed out earlier, or both, you know, it would give you a, a really good overview of the information that you're going to find there in that dialogue. And just keep note too: this only really works if you're in a Windows application. So if you're on a web page and you try to press Alt in uh, Alt Jaws key W, it's going to say the current location is already in a virtual view. So it, it's gonna it's this feature in particular is meant to work in dialog boxes in Windows programs like Outlook or Word or Notepad or JAWS window or something like that, not on a web page. All right. Any more questions? I am not seeing any raised hands. All right. Ryan, do we want to talk about public beta for just a minute? Yeah, just a quick note on this. So uh, yesterday, the FS cast for August came out, and, and some of you may listen to that, and some of you may not, but it's it's a monthly podcast that we do. Glenn Gordon is the host of it. And so I was his one of his guests yesterday, and, and we talked a lot about upcoming JAWS, Zoom Text, and Fusion 2023 releases, which are scheduled to come out. Uh, officially at the towards the end of October. But starting next week on Tuesday, we will be releasing what we call the public beta 
versions of those products, the 2023 versions. And, and that beta software just means we're not done with it. It's not all the way finished, but we think it's pretty close and we want you to try it out. That's what public beta means. So we use this time as a way to get feedback from people and anyone can run it, even if you don't have an upgrade left or something like that, or even if you don't have a JAWS license, it'll still run in 40 minute mode. So anyone's available or can access it and run it. You can download it from the website and install it just like you would normal JAWS. But I would go back and listen to that podcast if you have time. And so I don't want to cover all what all some of the new features are that are going to be in version 2023 because we spent a good bit of time with it on that podcast. So I would encourage you to go listen to that. If you'd like to participate in the public beta, we'd love for you to try it. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd like to know what things work, what things don't work. Uh, and that just helps us make everything better. When we can hear from our users, people like yourselves that are out there using it every day in different scenarios, different applications, the more we hear from you, the better we can make sure to support what your needs are. So just a little plug for FSCast and helping us test things and, and use the new versions of the software as we're getting them finalized to be ready. Right. And you can find that on our blog at blog.freedomscientific.com. So when you go there, you, you have a couple of things you can do. You can subscribe so that anytime there's a new post, you'll see it right there in your inbox. There is an edit field there where you can type in your email address and press enter and you're subscribed. And when you're on that blog page, you can navigate through the different posts by pressing H. They're all under headings. So when you press H, one of those headings will be, and it's going to be, I think, the second post down, um, I think, or, or maybe, yeah, the second post down probably. And it's going to say FS cast and the uh, episode number, and it's you can press enter there and you can go read about that and listen to that FS cast. The other cool thing in that FS cast, after we, Glenn and I talked about what's coming in version 2023, Glenn interviewed a young lady uh, who was our student of the month recently. And she, I believe, is a senior in high school, junior or senior, and uh, is looking to become an attorney. She volunteers with the Civil Air Patrol. She uses JAWS as well. So it's a really fascinating interview. A, a lovely young lady who I think is definitely going to go places. So check that out as well. It's, it should be a good listen. Yeah, and then you can check out the Student of the Month page if you'd like to learn more about those students. Or if you know a student, K-12 through student here living in the U.S. who uses our products, check out our Student of the Month program and nominate that student. That's right. Well, thanks, Liz. Thanks for letting me come yeah, on here today. This lot, was fun, right? and I enjoyed it. And hopefully, uh, it sounds like we have some folks really utilizing speech history, which is what we want, and, and maybe some who will check it out now. And it's just, again, one of those things that – I don't even think about it. I just use it now. And uh, it's just kind of become ingrained in my daily use of things. So hopefully that will be the case for many of you going forward. Yeah. And thank you guys for sharing your experiences with us and how you use it. And thanks for all the great questions. Thanks, Larry and Herbie, as always. Thank you, Liz. And we'll catch you all next week. Thanks, everybody. Sounds great. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye.